You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Man, this stuff just keeps getting more and more crazy. Did you know yesterday was President's Day? I completely forgot all about it because of all the crazy stuff that's going on. You would have thought that President Joe Biden himself... I got hairy legs! ...would have given a blockbuster speech at the Oval Office. Well, he did. He did. But it wasn't very well received. It wasn't very well received at all. He had 46,935 views for his speech. I, hey, that's that's no slouch, right? I'm not knocking the guy because that's, that's more views in a day than what we get, so I can't really say much. Mm-hmm. He had 1,300 likes. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. All right. He had 7,800 dislikes, but... I mean, you know, it's and the the forty the forty six thousand nine hundred and thirty five views. Those were probably people mostly in airports and CNN. <laughs> I, I'm just well, I'm no, just guessing here. Well, yeah, it, CNN actually they're they're ending their airport. Um, oh, that's right. They lost so, the contract. Yeah, 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 they lost. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That means I don't have to look at Anderson Cooper when I'm going to the airport next time, right? I I, I hope. I, God, I, what am man. I going to do? What am I going to do? I, I just I don't you know may I, you may have to deal with like ESPN or something. That's even worse. Can I get Anderson Cooper back? Honestly, if they if they can uh, like if they I follow the route of NASCAR, I'm okay with ESPN because it's not political. It's Disney. It's Disney. I know, I know. But if they if they follow the route that NASCAR is, you know, paving the way and not going no. political, no, they're Disney. No, they'll stick with yeah. it. Disney's woke. Yeah, and Disney's going to go broke. But I would rather, I, and I'm not even close to joking. Those that think I'm being sarcastic, I would rather watch Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon as opposed to. ESPN. It's a good comedy show. It is a good comedy show. It is a good comedy show. It's it's terrible comedy, but it is a good comedy show. It's good fun to watch if you want to sit there and criticize what they talk about. It's it's more of your dark humor is why it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because well, you just, know what's what's when coming. I, when yeah. I watch Chris Cuomo, I just like I get this feeling like and I'm not I'm not attacking him personally. Okay, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm attacking him professionally. <laughs> In, in this, or excuse me, I'm not even attacking him. I'm criticizing him professionally. When I watch him, I get the feeling that he's he's fake. He, he's fake. Like he's he's a he's a plastic persona. Now, I'm not criticizing his looks. I'm, like I said, I'm not attacking him personally, but I get a feeling like he's not a genuine individual. He's not he's not real. Right. He, he's and the reason I say, I guess, is because what happened when he had covid, if you remember that, when he was spotted out at a park and then. CNN showed like this reveal of him coming up out of the basement and he was wiping the fake sweat off of his forehead. He's like, oh, I just had a workout. You, you weren't even quarantined in your basement. You were, you were spotted out at a at a park. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, but, so when I watch him, when I watch him and I'm not talking about his brother right now either. We can do that later if you want, but I'm, I'm not talking about that. But when I watch Chris Cuomo on CNN, I, I get the feeling that I'm watching an actor. Like, that's the feeling I get. I, I'm watching an actor. It's a facade. Uh, you know, that is actually one of the greatest complaints nowadays that I have with interacting with people in general is people in general, you get that feeling there's a facade. There's a, uh, for a lack of a better word, like a, a, a shadow or something. There's something, a barrier in between who they really are and who they're 
presenting to you. You know, I, I get that feeling a lot talking with people. And I don't know, I think it's just a, it's a common thing nowadays because of the whole, you know, Facebook, social media, the likes, dislikes, you know, the you have to present a certain persona and or you you have the image or or I don't know, man. It is just it seems like everything's fake nowadays anyway. So it does. It does. It's really sad. But I mean, you, you know, you, you and I know each other off recording. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the same on recording as I am on off. And so are you. We're not fake people. We don't play personas when we get up here. We don't we don't play some part. Uh, now, we sort do of. tone. I mean, we do. Yeah, yeah I was sort say, of. Yeah, I was going to say we we do have to stay within terms of service. So our, there are yeah. some conversations we do have that are really good, by the way, <laughs> that we just can't have on yeah. a podcast because of terms of service. And that's not us. That's the terms that we agree to by the companies that are so nice to put us out on their platforms. Mm-hmm. So we have to respect that. They're allowing us to to broadcast on their platforms. And so we have to abide by the rules that they give. So un- unfortunately, that's just the way that it is. Um, and we stay within the confines of that. But for the most part, we are ourselves uh, yeah. for the most part. I mean, I can still have the same conversation with someone off recording as I would if they were sitting in here with us. I, I told you about that friend of mine I had in South Carolina who called me up and he's He's like screaming at me because he was listening to one of our like morning shows or something. And he's like screaming at me. He's like, he's making all these points. And I'm like, well, stop, stop. What are you talking about? And he says, I'm listening to your podcast. I said, you're going to have to be more specific because I, I don't know what I'm talking about. He says, you don't know what you're talking about on your own podcast. I said, I don't listen to them. So I don't know. It, so. it, I mean, it, there, there's we, we have a few podcasts out there now. So when you say we're listening to your podcast, it's like, well, Thanks. Now, which one are you listening to? You know. Yeah. Uh, and what were we talking about? So I. Yeah. yeah. What what point that's was the I other making thing. at the time? So that's the other thing. Uh, I'll have people tell me, you know, I listen to such and such podcast, and I'm like, okay, I I have no clue what was on that podcast because we've done like three others since then. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen to you the other day. Thanks. You know, it's like yeah, appreciate it. Was, Thanks. It, was it good? Was it bad? Yeah. You know, what what'd you think of it? Oh, it was good. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. So, getting back to uh, getting back to this. So, President's Day. So, Biden had forty nine thousand people watching him. Forty nine thousand. That's. I mean, that's that's pretty good. President Trump decided, however, he was going to go back to Mar-a-Lago, and he decided that uh, he was going to just drive through the middle of town. And when he did that, there were hundreds of thousands of people on the streets out there waving Trump flags, American flags. And you saw, well, I sent you the video. You saw the video mm-hmm. of all the people just like they were just there were mobs of people on both sides of the road. And he gets almost a million views on YouTube. He gets 78,000 likes and 1,200 dislikes. The people that showed up were more than viewed the Biden. Speech. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There, there were and I would say that was probably just off of one street corner when they rounded the, <laughs> rounded the right. And then Don Jr. was hanging out across the entrance from Mar-a-Lago with his phone. And he says, it, you know, he was talking about how great all the people were that came out to, to support his dad and all that stuff on President's Day when he was driving, just when he was driving through town, just when he was driving through town. And when he pulled into Mar-a-Lago, there was a lot, there must have been a 20 mile line of cars that was coming by. That were just driving by with Trump flags and American flags and honking their horns and, and all the rest of it. Which one's a man of the people? Which one? Which one? Mm. Well, clearly, clearly Biden won the election. I mean, you know, most, he had most the popular greatest guy number. ever. Most popular yeah. guy ever. More than Obama. He was more. He's more yeah. popular than Obama. That one it still baffles me. The first 
African-American president, which black, we'll just say black president. And which that's uh, that's great. <laughs> no, it is. It. That, yeah. But my point is, is I would have expected more votes for him, especially during that time period. You know, I mean, we, we what? 50 years ago before that, we had the, the racial stuff going on, you know, back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it, it would have been a great time for us to heal wounds, which didn't actually happen. Uh, but I, I, I would have expected more people out during that time than voting for an old white guy. Well, Bruce, I, th- I think we're glossing over something here that's, to, well, it's a, it's a historic achievement, really. We're, we're glossing over something. We're talking about the most popular man that's ever been elected in U.S. history. Yeah, we're, we're talking about that. And and we're glossing, and, and that's, that's not even the most historic achievement of all this, right? The most historic, I'm trying to do this with a straight face. The most historic achievement in all this is what Newsweek pointed out this week. And mind you, now Newsweek spent four years kicking in Donald Trump's teeth for playing golf. They spent four years doing that. Well, they're celebrating this historic achievement. And that is of which President Joe Biden has that historic achievement. Are you ready for this? Shoot. He beat his granddaughter at Mario Kart. So I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And say, now, before you, before you say anything, before you say anything, before you say anything, uh, uh-huh. first of all, it was at Camp David, okay, uh-huh. and he was playing as Luigi. Okay, I I, I still think uh, is that not the way you were going to go with it? No, I I oh, think the okay. granddaughter um, gave him a sympathy vote, shall we say? The article was framing the game between Biden and his granddaughter at Camp David as a fun-loving President's Day activity. This was put together by uh, Naomi Biden's Instagram video of Biden competing against her on the arcade Grand Prix DX machines, complete with chairs and steering wheels. They had the whole simulator in there. They had the whole simulator in there for Mario Kart. In that, I mean, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I've always wanted to play Mario Kart like that, right? Because yeah, I, I mean, mean uh, we we have a little Wii, so you know, it's kind of sort of like it. You know, you with the steering wheels. You still have oh, a Wii. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used to. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, the bowling, I love it. Yeah. The, the golf, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story details who played who in the video game lineup, saying that Biden sat on the right as Luigi. And Naomi, I guess that's his granddaughter, uh, is Princess Peach on the left. Despite not being at the same gaming level as his granddaughter. Yeah, he's I mean, he's not he's not quite there. He's not quite there, but he won. So, I mean, apparently he's moving up. The commander in chief came out victorious. He came out victorious. So let me let me let you in on a little secret here. Okay, Um, I am uh, somewhat skilled at playing video games. Okay, Uh, during Call of Duty's really booming time you know back in call of duty modern warfare and modern warfare 2 you know those mm-hmm. um i would do competitive matches with my dad okay and my younger sister and i would go easy on him right because he would get frustrated with me being more skilled than him so you to keep him interested in the game let him win every once in a while this i don't, I don't think this is any different you just well, you're, no. you're letting him win at your grandpa now, now hold on Hold on. Now, I, again, Bruce, I think you're glossing over this. I, I really think you're glossing uh-huh. over this. Now, mm-hmm. his granddaughter said in, in the Instagram I did, video. I did. Hold on. I, I did gloss over something, and that's his cognitive abilities. But anyway, go ahead. 
It's a fair point. It's a fair <laughs> point. Um, now, his granddaughter did say something in the uh, in the Instagram video. She said that the Secret Service made an exception and let him drive himself. So, see, the Secret Service really should have been playing instead of him. But they made an exception this time. Uh, now, she says that he was still a little rusty, but he still won, but just barely. I wonder when the last time he drove was legitimately. You know, I like we're sitting here making jokes about this as this is like this. This was something that I would expect to see out of the Babylon Bee or the Onion. OK, like the yeah. satire stuff. This is what. I, yes. No, no. There's actual video of this. There's video of this. Unbelievable. Well, we did. We did say this was coming. It, it was going to be like a honeymoon for the news media now that Biden won, um, where we just went through four years of them trying to drag Trump and his family through the mud. And then every voter that that even thought to support Trump. Um, now it's uh, now it's a honeymoon. Now we should all get together and, you know, work together. And after you just called us Nazis and uh, said we were traitors, wanted us executed. Yeah, well, you'll be happy to know. You'll be happy to know because of that. Nancy Pelosi. Crazy Nancy. <laughs> the woman is insane, isn't she? My God, uh, she she is. She's lost her damn mind. Like I heard her at that. Uh, that, that press conference or whatever it is that, that she held. I actually heard audio that somebody was playing that yesterday. And I thought this woman's out of her damn mind. Like she's nuts. She is nuts. Well, she's announced a 9-11 style commission to investigate the Capitol riot. Well, gee whiz, it wasn't a senator or a congressman calling for that uh, last Sunday. We talked about him yesterday. Yeah. 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 What, 9-11 style what, commission to. Yeah. What happened to the 9-11 style commission that uh, was investigating all those summer of love protests we had last year? What about Chaz or Chop or whatever the what hell you Chaz? want to call it? What yeah. about that? Why, why don't you yeah. why don't you have an, uh, a committee to uh, or, or a commission to investigate that? And who's responsible for that? Yeah. How about you look and into the city the, uh, officials? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, that's where I, that's where I was going to go is the city officials. Congress will establish an independent 9-11 style commission to investigate the storming of the U.S. Capitol building, yeah, the storming. So walking in between the velvet ropes, that's that's storming. <laughs> Having the police open the doors for you and say, "Yeah, come on in." Right? Oh, oh. By, by the way, don't don't come down this don't come down this hallway. Don't come down this hallway. And they leave that one. That that's the the storming. Okay. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi addressed this fact to her Democratic colleagues on Monday. In a letter to the Democratic Caucus, Pelosi said the commission will evaluate the facts and causes relating to the January 6, 2021 domestic terrorist attack upon the United States Capitol complex and relating to the interference with the peaceful transference of power. Mm. Do you know why she's uh, she's uh, making a big uh, commotion about this? Because she's covering her own butt. Well, one, she's a megalomaniac, number one. But number two, she's covering her own butt because some of the security preparations were her doing. In fact, she actually was in the way of some of them. She would not authorize some of the security preparations that were needed. Like, for example, law enforcement asking for more support, such as National Guard, and it was denied. In fact, they were supposed to be there, the National Guard, and then like a day or two before, Pelosi shot it down and reversed that. Well, she went on to say that it is clear from the findings of the and from the impeachment that we must get to the truth of how this happened. You, know, you see, now that Trump's been acquitted, now they can get to work on the real problem. Now that that's out of the way, now they can get to work on how to deal with this. Now, she says to protect our security, 
our security, our security, whatever. She's, I guess she's rambling and, and fumbling her words through that stupid mask that she wears at that podium. Uh, our next step will be to establish an outside independent 9-11 type commission. She noted that the commission would review the... Res- now, I'm sorry, what what did you say that she was covering for? She was in charge of some of the response mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some of the yes. staffing and... Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. R- really, that's mm-hmm. interesting because she says that the commission will review the response... Mm-hmm. And the preparedness of the U.S. Capitol Police, federal, mm-hmm. state, and local law enforcement. Well, gee whiz, lady, you going to investigate yourself? Mm-mm. No, no. Uh, if if my understanding is correct, the Sergeant of Arms, which is supposed to have that mm-hmm. under his control, though, is under her. Yes, under okay. the Speaker of the House. Um, yeah. Yes. So any of those um, precautions, she could have shot down. That's uh, so. I, I think it's a. I think it's just a ploy to uh, number one. Uh, it's a signal to conservatives, anybody that supports Trump, um, you try anything and we're going to hunt you down. And because you were unwilling to, you know, vote Biden, stand with us, you're against us, we're going to hunt you down. It's it's all of a it's all a ploy. And then she's also covering herself. So, you know, the amount of. Dick. Yeah, the, the you, I don't think you're far off. The the amount of I mean, to say that this being blown out of proportion is like th- this is beyond anything. I, I mean, I thought. I thought the first impeachment, you know, the whole Russia collusion stuff, right? Yeah. All that that nonsense. I thought, man, you people are really grasping at straws here. But this, like this, yeah, th- this is yeah, just it's just as bad. Yeah, th- this is worse. This is worse because they're coming down with like uh, investigation. I mean, hell, they're freezing bank accounts and canceling people that were just there. That's all. Yeah. Like, not even, not even the couple of hundred that went in. With with all of this, right? I, I think it's on the same. Le- so this is this is the Russia collusion 2.0. This is their their because um, if you look at all the stuff they did with the Russia collusion, they brought forward false allegations. They were doing investigations into American citizens at the time, um, and the because you know the president hadn't been elected yet. They were. Um, illegally tapping his phone, his aides, you know, any of his staff. I mean, they're doing the same thing now, right? They're they're going after people's data and effects, their their persons, file, everything. They're going after these people because they were there at the protest, not because they were storming their ivory tower, but because they were there in support of Trump. And really, I, I think many of them were there angered by the fraud. Voter fraud. Yeah, I mean that that is one of the uh, that is one of the big things now is uh, is is the voter fraud, and it's you know it's not and and we're saying voter fraud and understand something we're not specifically talking about the last election we're talking about like voter fraud in general that's been going on for a very long time a very long time I, I remember my grandfather telling me that when he was a kid and I've mentioned this several times here before my grandfather telling me when he was a kid. That on election day, he would see people down at the local cemetery writing down names of people's uh, tombstones, right? Writing down names on, on tombstones. And they would take them down to the uh, the local polling place and turn them in as votes. So, I mean, that's been going on for 100 years, 100 years. So uh, this is nothing new. But the difference this time was COVID, wasn't it? That's what the difference was. If we didn't have now think about this, if we didn't have COVID, we wouldn't have had all these special election stuff. We wouldn't have had the mail-in voting, you wouldn't have had the uh, the election monitors being pushed out. You wouldn't have had any of that. You'd have been right there looking over their shoulders the entire time. You wouldn't have been sending people home because of COVID. You wouldn't have been, uh, what was the other one? 
ballot harvesting, which uh... ballot harvesting. Yes, ballot harvesting. You, you wouldn't have had that ballot, the ballot harvesting. Now they're looking to mainline all of this. They're looking to mainline every bit of it. This is now going to be this thing going forward because they were able to take it this last time and they're going to make sure that no one can take it away from them again. Trump did this to himself. In my opinion, he allowed Fauci and Burks to be out there touting these lockdowns and these, uh, you know, the the COVID panic and and hysteria, right? And the governors, the judicial branches of some of the states decided, yeah, we're just going to make mail-in ballots a thing when it's the legislative branch that has to do it, right? And Trump didn't fight it. Where where were his uh, armies of lawyers going in? and suing these states. He didn't do it. He had six months to do this. We've seen this coming. We were watching them talk about it in the middle of summer that they're going to have to do this. And where was Trump? So to a degree, I think think he did it to himself. He allowed it. He allowed an evil to take root. And if you don't, if you don't take action, right, like he didn't take legal action on it. And so... This is what we 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 are enjoying the fruits of that um, lack of labor in this case. Yeah, and I also I also put it to that uh, it's that same point for uh, all these uh, <clears throat> vaccines, right? These uh, these things, if you want to even, if you even want to call them that. Um, I also put that there. I mean, okay, I understand what he was trying to do. I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to take the agenda away because you could see in the early days with Fauci and Burks, as you said, out there promoting all of this stuff and hyping all this crap and building it all up. Okay, with that, I do see what he was trying to do. He was trying to remove the agenda, the vaccine agenda from Bill Gates, from the Clintons and from Fauci. That's what he was trying to do in the beginning. But that kind of backfired. It's like, okay, you take over the agenda which the Operation Warp Speed or whatever it was he called it. If you take over the agenda, fine. Who do you think funds all of these people with all of these committees and, and charities and all these tax-exempt foundations and pushes the global vaccine agenda to Big Pharma? Who do you think does that? It's Gates. It's the World Economic Forum. It's the World Health Organization. Hell, Gates bankrolls the World Health Organization. Who, who do you think is going to take over that agenda? So as far as the vaccines go, I, I'm sorry, Trump gets an F. If we're grading yeah. him on that, as far as the vaccines go, because now now we're dealing with some real bad stuff. We got people dying because of this stuff and not just sick people either. Healthy people are dying from it. Do you know why they've never been able to get an mRNA vaccine approved? Because it's killed all the test subjects. That's why they've never been able to, to get one approved. And to be fair, it's still not approved. It's been given emergency authorization. Why do you think hydroxychloroquine was pulled off the shelves and turned into a Schedule II toxic drug? Because and they had to, to remove. To be clear, because we talked about this off recording, you were talking about test subjects. They were the animal test subjects. Animal test subjects. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Just yeah, to be clear. Yeah. No. Thank you for that. No. You're right. I, I should have said that. But. Why do you think they pulled hydroxychloroquine off the shelves months before all this happened? Why do you think they did that? Because if you pull that off the shelf, you have to prove in order to have a vaccine given emergency approval, you have to prove that there's no other alternative for treatment. And that was one of the biggest drivers of killing coronaviruses in primate cells. That was according to the National Institute of Health, Fauci's own organization. And he was the main perpetuator in pulling all that stuff off the shelves across Western nations. Yeah. And who, who is he under? Who is he under, by the way? Fauci. Fauci? Yeah. Gates. He's no, in a no. pocket for Gates. No, no. I mean, I mean, who's he under as in government? Who has the, the head supreme of, authority over him? The head of the NIH and the head of the NIH, NIH is appointed by the president. Uh-huh. So in other words, he's under the president. Yeah. 
So technically, because he's under the executive branch, the president could have said, sit down, shut up, no more press yep. conferences. Uh huh. But he didn't. And in fact, with the personally, if you're trying to change the narrative, number one, you should have got a hold of Scott Atlas sooner, first of all. Number two, or any doctor that was pushing the actual truth on this stuff instead Dr. of Simone Gold. Yeah. So instead of, you know, having Fauci and them out there, he should have said, sit down, shut up. If you don't, you're fired. Simple. That's not hard. It's really not that hard. But apparently it was. Dr. Fauci was just given a million dollars. For what? You're Throwing not a Mario this. Kart game? You, but not not quite. You're, it's it's much more it's much more rewarding than that for being the voice of reason and speaking truth to power. He was given a million dollar cash prize. Huh? Where's 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 ours? I was gonna say we we advertise as logic, reason, and common sense, right? So I mean we're yeah. we're we're that trifecta. So why aren't we getting three million dollars? Right? Do you know what we could do around here with three million dollars? Oh man, Doctor Fauci was awarded a one million dollar prize on Monday for speaking truth to power. According to NPR, Dr. Fauci was awarded with the Dan David Prize, chosen by the University of Tel Aviv, along with six other top health professionals who split a separate $1 million prize. Now, see, Fauci got his own million dollars. The others had to split a million dollars. You see that? You see that? Yeah. And for those that aren't aware, Israel is one of the worst um, um, <laughs> when it comes to COVID. They're doing some of the worst lockdowns, uh, violating people's rights uh, it's it's bad there, but they're having a really hard time uh, with COVID. There's been be a because of the lockdowns, but yeah, there, there's a there's been a, an ongoing crowd hanging out in front of Netanyahu's house, telling him to stop this nonsense. Yeah, it's it's crazy totalitarian type lockdowns there. They're, they're some of the heaviest lockdowns in the world. Dr. Fauci, listen to this, right? The universe, a statement from the university reads this. Dr. Fauci is the most influential public health leader in the U.S. Oh, I'm in total agreement with you there. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. And is widely respected throughout the world for his efforts against the coronavirus. As far as I'm concerned, the guy's responsible for everything we're dealing with. As far as I'm concerned, based on our research, that anybody can go out there and look up as the National Institute of of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director, has led research efforts on development of diagnostics, therapeutics. Oh, yes. The therapeutics research that he did back in 2005 for his own publication that said hydroxychloroquine works to kill coronaviruses in primate cells. Those kind of therapeutics. Oh, the same guy that actually had those exact same therapeutics pulled off of the shelves in all Western nations before all this, so you could pave the way for an unapproved vaccine to be used? That guy? And also pushed approval for remdesivir that he was investing in. You won't let that one go, will you? <laughs> I know. I think that was hilarious. Trump is hilarious when you take out all the politics and all that rhetoric and all that. You just listen to him as a person. He's yeah. he's fantastic. If you, if you get him up there on stage at one of these rallies, and then he after he gives his speech and he goes on for like three hours... He, he's hilarious. He, he's so funny. Uh, I love that now, we address the media too, by the way. Nah, your fake news, hold it. You know, yeah, you, you go ahead. And, and yeah, one American news. Yeah, command. okay. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah. 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 He commanded the, the basically the media in that sense. Like he was orchestrated. I, I loved it. Mm. Of course, I'm, I'm, tired of the media. Anybody that burns the media, McEnany, fantastic. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She was great. Anyway, much better than the, I don't know where they got this, <laughs> whatever she is, it's up there now. Uh, Saki or Pasaki or whatever yeah, well, her name yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Solis. Yeah. They, uh, they went on to say, they went on to say that Dr. Fauci is the voice of reason for randomized 
controlled trials for evaluating, oh my goodness, for evaluating antiviral drugs and other therapeutics. Oh my God, you, you people can't be serious. You cannot be serious. These efforts have led to useful therapeutics that have markedly reduced death rates for hospitalized COVID-19 patients. Okay, uh, I don't see remdesivir, which is the drug that he had approved, by the way, that, that failed in the trials, I might add, that he had approved two weeks later because he's got investments in it. Yeah, he's got investments in the company and in the drug itself. So it magically gets approved. I don't see that as a miracle cure by any stretch of the imagination. I see something we had that was actually useful against a SARS virus that we had back in 2003. Chloroquine, 2005. 2005, yeah. Well, five was the article. I think three was the outbreak. I'm pretty sure it was five was, was the it outbreak five? and six is when I think so. Okay. Um, all right. right. It was right around that time period. We're, we're within yeah. a couple of years. Anyway, it, that, that's been almost 20 years ago. So I, I'm not going to argue about two years. Yeah, I'm not going to argue about two years. Of the $1 million awarded, 10% is set aside to academic scholarships of Fauci's choice. Oh, well. You got a hundred thousand that's going to go to a scholarship, uh, an academic scholarship of, of Fauci's choice. Well, that that's great. That's great. Uh, do you remember the, his colleague from years ago that came out and said he did a bunch of uh, there was some kind of scandal or something in relation to HIV? Some yeah, of the studies he was doing yeah. It ago. was the it was the woman who used to do work under him. Yeah, and she was a whistleblower more or less. And yeah. I, I can't remember her name though. She did it. She did that movie that was banned everywhere. Mm -hmm. Plandemic or what, whatever it was. That yeah, was that's yeah. it. But I, mm -hmm. I can't remember any of that. But you know something? I actually I was listening to uh, an epidemiologist one day, and he's been an outward critic of Fauci for for decades. And I remember him saying this epidemiologist I was listening to. I remember him saying that at the time he was practicing at a local clinic in California, in San Francisco. And one of the biggest HIV outbreaks they had back then was in California, in areas like San Francisco. He says that back then he remembers seeing Fauci, who was in the same position he is now. He hasn't moved. He's been in the same position for 40 years. He remembers back then that he covered up and was responsible for all the, you know, the disaster with HIV. So I've heard that from more than one medical doctor. And so, I mean, you hear it from two different sources, by the way, that as far as I know, uh, have never crossed paths in, in the professional world, at, at least not that I'm aware of, uh, in the mainstream. So when you hear it from two different sources about the same subject of this guy, then there's a problem. There's a problem. It, it warrants looking into uh, at that point. Well, I think uh, there's more. Sure. Yeah, for sure on that. But there's more that you can go after this guy for. What about his investments? Yeah. Like we're, we're sitting here complaining about the fact that this guy makes $417,000 a year. He's the highest paid federal <laughs> employee. He's the high. He makes more than a sitting president. He's going to make more money than Biden this year, at least on the <laughs> on the legit side where you where you claim your taxes. But that's a drop in the bucket compared to what this guy makes from Big Pharma. That's a drop in the bucket. I mean, I don't know how much Gates pays him to sit on his board. I don't know if he gets paid to do that or not. But I know he also gets paid. What was it? Thirty thousand to speak at a dinner somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could hire him for a speaking engagement for. 30 grand uh -huh. up to 30 grand. And, but, and he just he well, just cleared a million for being the voice of reason and speaking truth to power. Some BS. Well, yeah, but he's going to have to pay like 40 percent of that in taxes. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it, one of the things that uh, I've, I've harped on before 
Um, when when uh, when do we have the election for the leader or director of NIH or NIH uh, allergy and infectious diseases? When when do we have that election? When do we get to elect the new position there? Yeah, you don't. He's not elected, and yet he makes more than an elected president. Yeah, no, that's not. Well, we do have good news now. Do you remember we were talking about how the French kicked out? AstraZeneca, the Indians kicked out AstraZeneca and it's failing in pretty much all the other countries held that, you know, the British are even saying that, yeah, we probably shouldn't be using this AstraZeneca one. All these countries are, are kicking out the AstraZeneca vaccine because it's crap. Uh, it doesn't doesn't work. Well, hell, none of these are actually doing what they're marketing them to. I mean, we've had we, we've we've talked about that at, at length here, but the World Health Organization has come out now and they said, don't worry, don't worry, we'll fix that problem. We'll fix that problem of all these these pesky countries that are kicking out that vaccine. We'll fix that problem. We at the World Health Organization, we will give an emergency authorization. So, see, you don't need those those pesky governments and and their their unreliable and and science denying health people in in the national level anymore. No, 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 no. The United Nations is now going to approve the vaccines that you get. And see, you don't have to worry about that anymore because now if you're a UN country that is involved with the World Health Organization, well, it's already given approval. It's already given approval. Well, I, I should clarify when I say approval, again, I don't mean a really approval in this case. They're mixing the words. They're, they're mixing the words. And I, I'm, as you see, it's easy to do because I'm falling victim to it myself. This is not approval. None of these so-called vaccines have been given approval. They've been given emergency authorization. Emergency authorization. There is a big difference here. The World Health Organization on Monday granted emergency authorization to the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. So, I mean, it, you're still running into this. That doesn't change the vaccine and the risks that are associated with it and how effective it is. It changes none of that. All it is is a political stunt. That's it. I mean, and besides that, uh, we haven't even fully ramped up our vaccinations here in the U.S., right? It's not, I mean, we're doing like over a million, about a million and a quarter a day or something like that or whatever it is. I mean, we're doing a lot. But at the same time, the hospitalizations, the COVID-19 positive tests, all that stuff is down. All of it's down. Number one, why is my first question, other than the fact that we uh, established herd immunity without the vaccine, or we were being lied to the entire time. I, I think it's a combination of the two, personally. I'm going to lean more towards the last one there. Just, just Yeah, I, I lean towards that one, but we have dealt with seasonal flu uh, You know, through this. We've gone through three seasons now uh, through this entire COVID thing. So- or is it two? Yeah, whatever. We've gone through the uh, multiple seasons in this now. However many, two, three. So yeah, I, I I think it's just I think it's just the flu. It's all a game. And as we were kind of talking before this, they're losing traction for this COVID nineteen. If if that is accurate, and they're saying that the numbers really are going down, or if it's part of their game and their ploy. Either way, they're going to switch narratives soon. Which we know that that's coming. I mean, we were, I was making reference to like the pendulum, right? The ideological pendulum here. And usually we, we describe that pendulum that swings back and forth. We usually describe that as the ideological right and the ideological left mm-hmm. and what's been happening over the course of the last roughly 70 years. And Marty always makes the reference that the pendulum after the war swung far to the left for far too long. I believe that's those are exact his exact words, and he's right. After the war ended, the ideological left grabbed the whole of that pendulum and they held on to it and they didn't let it swing back. So we didn't have a balance. We didn't have a counterbalance to that. And we've been stuck 
in the same place. We didn't have a balance going back and then we could swing back to the to the ideological left and then back to the right and then back to the left. So there's a balance. We could find common ground in the middle, which is what needs to be happening and it's not. Polarization is happening because one side is controlling the narrative. That's the problem. The same thing is now happening with COVID, although they need to pivot. So we're, we've been waiting for the pivot and we're starting to see it break through. So you've got COVID, all right, Look at it in, this, uh, in these terms. You've got the pendulum, the right and the left of the pendulum, and then on, uh, only swap the right and the left for COVID and climate change. They need to pivot back to climate. That's their other big blockbuster headline. So you've got COVID, right? And that pendulum is now starting to swing back. It's about halfway. Now it's going to start swinging to climate change. Okay. Again, there's that pit. We, ne- we need to see that big, we-, we need to see that inflection point where they go back to climate change. Something has to change because the narrative is now changing. So a- as you say, they're losing traction. The vaccinations are now happening. I'm doing the air quote. Vaccinations are now happening, but people are rejecting these vaccines. I mean, and this, this is what was happening before COVID. Go back, if you will, go back to December 2019. Anybody know what happened in December 2019? I know what happened. Bruce, you know what happened. World Health Organization Summit, Vaccine Summit in Geneva, Switzerland. The frontline medical community, the doctors, the health organizations we have around the world, the patients, they no longer trust our vaccines. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We need to re-canvas. We got COVID a couple of months after that, didn't we? Now we need vaccines. Huh. It's funny how that works. But before that, it was climate. All right. So now they, they've had to radically shift that agenda, right? Climate change was taken too long. They needed something else. The other agenda was falling apart. So they had to radically shift. They radically shifted to COVID. Now that's falling apart. The vaccines are shown to be ineffective from what they're telling people. They're saying, oh, it's 95. The AstraZeneca one was supposed to be, well, that was supposed to be like 90, right? Now they're saying, oh, it's 65 at best. So which was it? What? So you were lying about the 90? Oh, no, it's 65. But if you get the second one, right, they really give it to you with that second one. Mm. So we're supposed to trust you. Why? Exactly. Uh, well, no, you're not supposed to ask. You're just supposed to, to do. You're just supposed yeah. to do, do as they tell you. Don't don't ask. You're, you're, you're denying science if you do that. You're, you're denying science. So I have I have a theory for you. I, I haven't presented this to you yet. So the nonsense we're seeing with the uh, January 6th protest uh-huh. and how the Democrats are trying to grab control and get more uh, power to go in and investigate someone for acts of terrorism, whatever, or national mm-hmm. security, whatever, whatever that, you know, they're, they're wanting to go for. Um, let, let's say now we're changing from COVID-19, which they could use that for masks and uh, social distancing and, and say, you're not doing it. So you're a terrorist. Um, but let's say they shift to climate change. Do you remember what they were saying in climate change before any of this stuff started peaking? They were saying that uh, if you were a climate denier, then you should go to prison. Or at least go to a re-education camp. I do remember that. Yeah, even Prince Charles was saying something along those lines. We need to start putting these these climate deniers. We need to start putting these people in prison. Now that I, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I do yeah. remember that. So watch how much control they try to grab from January sixth, and see if that if there's any correlation there. Because I'm wondering if they're going to start grabbing control and start uh, shifting back to climate change and using that to say. Well, if you're a climate denier and you're you're unwilling to make these changes, then we're going to have to send you to a re-education camp, or we're going to have to uh, freeze your bank account until you're willing to uh, you know, until you get your ESG rating down a little bit. I'm concerned 
they're going to use this grab for power and say, oh, it's because domestic terrorism, and they're just going to move the goalpost again. They're going to move that goalpost a little bit further back, and they're going to change the narrative just a little bit. And, you know, 9-11, right? Patriot Act. The entirety of the Patriot Act was to protect us from foreign terrorists, right? From, from, in this case, Islam, uh, that were Islamists seek to destroy not only America, but Israel, right? That's, that's, Typically, well, the Western culture period. That was the intent at that time. But it to violated be, constitutional... To be, clear, to be clear, radical Islam. Yes, radical Islam. Well, yeah, I, when I say Islamist, I'm meaning radical, whereas a Muslim is the peaceful... Yeah, I, okay, I got you. Clarify. I got you. Yeah. Um, so that was more of that that principle. Uh, it, was, it was to protect us, but it violated constitutional rights uh, at the same time. However, if you change the definition of terrorist ever so slightly or... I don't know. You you consider constitutionalists that believe in the Constitution are unwilling to change from the Constitution, whether it be because of COVID or climate change, then you're a terrorist too. Uh, I mean, you change the goalpost that it, it, it on something that's so general like that. Anyway, long story short, I'm I'm concerned they're going to start using this for climate change and actually send you to a um, re-education camp like the the Karen that was um, called the cops on the the. The black dude in the the park it was something about social distancing or a mask or something, whatever. I didn't it hear was about towards this. the beginning of this. She called the cops on him, and uh, there was a lawsuit. There was video of it, and there was a oh, lawsuit. Oh wait a minute, was the dude like jogging in a park or something without a mask? Yeah, something like that. And she was basically oh, yeah. berating him because of that, and said it was because he was black and all this. And anyway, some white New York liberal. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so. She was doing that, and suppose they they filed the lawsuit or whatever. The, I don't I don't know what the whole lawsuit was about, but anyway, the lawsuit was thrown out because she went to a re-education camp. I kid you not. She literally uh-huh. went through a re-education process uh-huh. for racism or racial equality or equity okay. or whatever. All right. So we're already seeing elements of we're we're, we're seeing bits and pieces you know, come together. And it's the, just, these I'm, people, I'm yeah. Well, you should be concerned. These people are like they're they're insane. When I say they're insane, I'm not being like I'm not just putting a, a, a facetious label on it. I'm being dead serious. These people are insane. They're insane. The elite of the West have gone insane. They've gone nuts. And you know what's worse than that? They've got a bunch of their cult followers out there in these corporations that have gone insane with them. They, these people have just gone insane. Bank of America, you've gone off the deep end. Hell, Bank of America shouldn't even be there. Bank of America has gone insane. They're doing the ESGs, all that garbage. They shouldn't Coca-Cola. even exist. Coca-Cola is doing the same. Yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, all these, com- all the major companies. Yeah, they're, they're all doing it because they've all gone insane. They've all gone insane. Do you know what the CDC is actually telling people today? I heard this one this morning. You know what the CDC is telling people to do now? Take some, like a, a body, st- you know, like a stocking, you know, like a pantyhose and put that over your face as a mask. <laughs> I, I swear to you. Like, imagine... If, if you were to do that a year ago and you walked into a bank, the next place you'd be going is jail. Yeah. Unbelievable. In one sense, in one sense, thank you for allowing me to publicly keep my anonymity. That's one thing I like about the mask. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> but, but other than like that, they, they've gone insane. Like, I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm just looking at all the narratives here. They've gone insane. These people are nuts. They're nuts. Look you at know, what's happening in the U.S. Look what's happening in the U.S. The storm that's. You know, the, the Arctic blast or whatever it is, mm-hmm. the unprecedented, mm-hmm. the unprecedented storm that stretched across 25 states leaves 4.3 million people without power. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm telling green. you, <laughs> should have gone green. Yeah. Listen to me. There have been storms like this my entire life across the U.S., my entire life. When I was a kid, we used to have snow that would come halfway up the front door of our house. 
we'd be out of school for like two weeks. Like they would just say, yeah, we're canceling it for the next two weeks until all this gets cleared up. No one was saying anything about climate change. No one was saying anything about unprecedented storms. Mind you, that would happen every year, pretty much, more or less. And we were always happy because, hey, we don't have to go to school. We can go sledding for the next week. Were they, though? Were they not saying those things and our parents were just good at um, shielding us from the... Well, the global... the global warming thing back then it was it was flat out global warming. They didn't start this climate change nonsense until global warming started to catch on, and people were saying, "Wait a minute, uh, the, we're not actually warming." Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, we're we actually, are. But well, yeah, now, but it, but we we crossed that that threshold, so now we're actually warming again, which is a natural cycle. But we were cooling during that time, and people are saying, "Wait a minute, we're we're not." We're not warming, so why are we calling it global warming? People were starting to walk away from it, so they had to, they switched it up to something that you couldn't deny. So climate change. So they say, oh, are are you denying that the climate is changing? Well, no. Well, see, then you agree. Then see how they do that. So I mean, the the, the climate changes. The only constant is change. They switched it. I mean, this, it's just a word game. That's all they do with this. But yet now it's uh, this unprecedented whatever. Okay. Oh my goodness, a tornado. A tornado hit Texas. It's unprecedented. Uh, tornadoes have always hit Texas. Bruce, how how common you've got t- <laughs> tornadoes where you live. That's not unprecedented. You're at the heart of Tornado Alley. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I believe uh we still hold the record for largest tornado, I believe, still. Um that's uh what 30 years now? 25? Something like that back in the 90s. It's not it's not unheard of here. But see, they're playing this. Go ahead. We have hundreds during tornado season. We'll have hundreds of tornadoes and not just tornadoes, but, you know, thunderstorms. I mean, snow, ice. This isn't this isn't unheard of here. I remember having a snowstorm back in was March or something like that. Uh, End of March. That that is somewhat unusual for us. And no, this isn't nothing new. More than 150 million people were under a winter storm warning. Half the country, Bruce. Half the country. They were under a winter storm warning. You mean you mean you mean a winter storm warning during winter? I know. What? I know. I know. Winter weather advisory or ice storm warning was put out in 25 states, stretching over 2,000 miles from southern Texas to northern Maine. Which, by the way, southern Texas to northern Maine, if you follow that line all the way up. That's the normal front, usually, that runs up through there. Yep. Believe me, I know. I, but from where Bruce is to where I come from, that's the normal storm pattern. That's normal. But everything about this agenda, whether it's climate change, whether it's COVID, whatever, is to make you think that what you're seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. And they've reversed everything back on itself. It's literally that simple. Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what you see. Only believe what we tell you. That's what it is. That's the game they play. But they have to switch. They have to switch. Let, let's get back to the pendulum, right? So the pendulum has to go back to climate change. Now, you've, you're starting to see the, the transition back to it. Unprecedented storms. Never before seen. Tornadoes in Texas. So it's going to be the catastrophe, right? It, it's going to be this, catast- this catastrophic whatever. But then... I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to work the human equation into it. And I think this is what it is. I think they're going to shift because we were talking last week about the newest thing that they're going to try. And I believe they're going to try it. They're going to shift from public health lockdowns to climate lockdowns. That's what they're going to do. The Paris Accords, which you've gone over, right? Which, by the way, the Paris Accords, the Paris Treaty or whatever the hell that thing is, that is not something that's been ratified by our Senate. 
if there is a treaty out there that is put forth by the uh, <clears throat> international community, then it is to be ratified by the U.S. Senate. That one was not ratified by the U.S. Senate. We were just thrust into it under Obama and Trump pulled us out of it. Because why? Well, if we're in the Paris Accords, and I mean really in the Paris Accords, if we're in there, then that means we are closed for all but 90 days for the year. Does that sound familiar? Six, is it 60? Is it worse than that? Okay. It's 10 months. Yeah. You, is you it 10 months? 10 months. Yeah. 10 months. All right. So the West has to close for 10 months. So we're open 60 days a year. That's according to, I believe it was Gates was talking about that. Gates was um, talking about that. I, well, no, hold on a minute. He's, he's a public health guy. What does he know about climate? Yeah. Right. Public health guy. Right. Yeah. I believe he was, I think it was him that was talking about those things. And I don't know, it could have been a, a, some other information I was looking up at the time as well. But wait a minute. Uh, to, the TED talk, the TED talk, he was talking about CO2 emissions. It, it, it wasn't that it was, um, it was a more recent one. And basically his argument was, is it's not really feasible to do that because you would have to shut down for the next 10 years for 10 months out of the year. Just out of curiosity, if we were to shut down for the next 10 years, well, that would put us right around be, the year 2030. Yeah. Pretty close. Well, he said this last year, so it would be 2030. Yeah, yeah. 2030, yeah. yeah. Something about that year. I haven't quite figured it out yet. Something about that year, it's kind of strange. It seems like a bunch of these corporations are all have plans to, it just happens to coincide with, you know, 2030 or about that time frame that they want to have, mm -hmm. you know, zero, uh, what was it? Net zero uh, gas emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, right? Or or they want to be um, uh, their ESG ratings or whatever. It, it all seems to kind of coincide with one another. Where does mold fit in? Mold? Yes. It's a good question. I mean, it is uh, it is dangerous for humans to inhale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the Biden administration says that they won't reopen schools now until they deal with their mold problems. So before it was COVID, now, now it's mold. Does mold play into like, I mean, that, that climate change, COVID, I mean, we go from COVID, I mean, it's, you know, climate change is causing mold in schools now. Mold is le a legit problem, but they have like the schools and stuff, they, they're, especially because of the COVID and everything, they have like HEPA filtration and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not every school's uh, great at the same, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know where that narrative's coming from. Is it because we're warming, so now we have more moisture, I, which I, predicts I guess thing? I guess they're and they're also saying that um, you know one of the like the the, uh, the CDC director uh, Rochelle Walensky, she says that uh, uh, they need uh, before they reopen the schools before they because they've been closed for a long time now before they reopen the schools and you know the temperature changes and things you know you got a lot to consider here some things could be growing in there you might not know about. Um, you know, like maybe, I don't know, a textbook, maybe, you know, I get these kids back in school, you know, get them actual, you know, get them some actual knowledge. This is an excuse. Of course it's, it's an excuse. So they don't, it's just so they don't piss off the, um, teachers unions. Mm -hmm. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. She says, I think we need a lot more resources in order to get the schools safe. Oh, I guess we're going to have to push that school opening back again. Do you realize the, the money that we sent to schools now so far, they won't, for COVID, they won't be able to deplete that money until 2028. Uh huh. So why do they need more money? What well, you gotta give the teachers a raise, I guess. How about you go to work, <laughs> Bruce? It's public health. We we got kids. Kids' lives are at stake here. You're missing the bigger issue. 
kids' lives are at stake. <laughs> they are at stake. Yeah, they are at stake. One of the things that's been really emphasized in the school reopening is how unsafe some of our school ventilations are. Oh, now see, we got we to gotta put in all new HVAC systems in all the schools across the nation before we can reopen. All of them have to be brought up to new spec. And I'm sure that they have to coincide with the Green New Deal regulations or whatever in the hell they have to be zero emission to do all that stuff I, i'm well, you just guessing here you, you can't if that if that's the case you can't have any um you can't have any air conditioners no well i mean kind of things well now have. wait a minute i i i went to the schools i went to growing up as a kid they didn't have air conditioning it was hell it, it was hell during some oh. months of the year they had heating you, you have to do it here you have to do it here right if you don't have air conditioning um by may schools have to shut down because mm-hmm. it just it's too hot. You'll have kids dying of heat heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So no, you, you can't you can't do that. Yeah. In addition, now listen to this. In addition, in addition to worsening the risk of coronavirus, she said, "Lady, there's been no evidence. How how who like where'd they get this this creature? Where'd she come from? Like, seriously, where'd you get this this moron? That's a problem for other respiratory viruses." For our children with asthma, for exposure to mold, there's a lot of work we need to do in order to get our schools to a safer environment. You know what I saw yesterday? I kid you not. I saw a picture of a school. I can't remember where in the hell it was. Each one of the desks in the classrooms look like phone booths. They, they've literally erected like plastic walls around, which do nothing, by the way, around every single desk. So now each student's going to be in a bubble. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I'm glad I don't have kids. That's all I can say. Because uh, as a parent, I don't, I don't see how you're, you're retaining your sanity in this. Because it, I would come unglued. Uh, these, these um, lunatics. In the teachers unions or in the city councils or whatever that aren't allowing schools to reopen and not getting our kids back to being educated, excuse me, indoctrinated the way the the state wants it to be. The thing is, is we need the kids back there because there are things it's still good for them, even though they're being indoctrinated and we can fight the battle of of changing what's being taught in schools after that. Or maybe you should just. I don't know, uh, start doing these pods or learning pods or whatever the heck they're calling them or, you know, start uh, at this point, it's it's you're just going to have to tell the state to shove it, home school, create your own schools. I don't I, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point what what, what you do. Honestly, I th- I think I mean, let, let's I mean, we could go back and we're, we're almost out of time, but um, we could go back to how schools were before the state got a hold of them. We, we could go back to a time when when that took place and honestly i think in those respects in, in a lot of respects kids got a better education or would you disagree did you see the kind of education our founders had you know if you try to compare your knowledge to what they had back then or or you know some of like the exams they took we may have more understanding as far as like rocket science electronics you know those kinds of things but the the amount of knowledge they were expected to have to have to to possess the degree that they were given is far greater than the requirements that we have today. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you were to go back and you were to read newspapers from 100 years ago, those are tough to read. I mean, by today's (laughs) standards. I'm serious. Those are tough to read. I remember I showed you 
I showed you, Bruce, a, a book that I have, and it was a book that I was after for quite some time. Uh, and I found one finally hiding in a bookstore in London, uh, and I bought it. I didn't even think twice about it uh, because it's it's something I've been looking for for a long time. The book is almost 100 years old, almost 100 years old, and it is still in decent condition, all things considered, if you consider what that book's been through and uh, what's happened on the continent in the last 100 years. So it's been through a lot. And the mere fact I was able to find one uh, was a blessing in and of itself. But nonetheless, the book itself... You have to consider the the way that people talked back then. And there were times when I would go through and I would have to read a paragraph two or three times to make sure that I understood it. Yeah. That was from 100 years ago. If you go back and you were to read, for example, the books that we have, right, the documents of revolution, the, the books that we have, if you were to read some of those, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, Thomas Paine's Common Sense, if you were to read these things, that is tough to read. It is yeah. okay. It's it's not tough to read because obviously we can understand the words, but we can't comprehend what they're trying to say. The Senate structures are 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 much different. The way that sentences are structured are even different because like they'll they'll be talking about something and then they'll go on to like a well you know an extra little information bit and like it's we would call it a bunny trail. But it's all part of the same sentence explaining the first part of the sentence to get to the ending of the sentence. And you have to you have to pay attention and follow along. It, it, it is it, it draws a little bit more out of you cognitively compared to today's speak, if you will. It's it's a lot more. There's a lot more uh, flourishes in the uh, speak back then compared to today. Today, we're very brash in comparison. And simplistic. Simplistic, yeah. Very simplistic. If you were to talk to someone like they were talking a couple of hundred years ago, they would just look at you and say, what the hell did you just say? So yeah. it, it's the same as it's the same as if you were to go and you were to read, if you were to read Old English, that's very difficult to read. I don't do well with that. And and when I say Old English, I'm talking about thee, thine, thou, thou, you know, all, all that stuff. I mean, I, I understand essentially what they're trying to say, but I can't, I can't talk like that. I can't, uh, it, it's hard for me to comprehend that stuff, but I still understand what the, like the meaning of what they're trying to say in a sense. For example, if you were to read Shakespeare, right? If you were to read that. Now, Marty, obviously he comprehends all that stuff a whole hell of a lot better than I ever could. But um, anyway, uh, he's also you know, into the, uh, you know, the fine arts and, and acting and things like that. So he understands. Being Southern Midwesterner, you read the the King James version of the Bible growing up. So you yeah. get the these and thous and. Yeah, that is true. We are going to have to go right out of time. But um, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure as always. So Parlor's back and that's good news. But to be honest with you, I haven't been over there much. I haven't been over there much. And I'm back into the same problem. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get onto social media, but I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's just like, it, it it's completely turned me off. Like there's nothing in there that I'm, that I'm for. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I can't do it. But uh, anyway, all of my posts have been deleted. I think all, everybody's posts got deleted on parlor. So, uh, and I haven't reposted anything. So anyway, uh, but yeah, we are back over there. But one, one thing we are promoting right now at the moment, and we're having some success with it is our telegram channel. Uh, we know that podcasting censorship is coming in the coming days. So, um, we would highly recommend for any of you that have not get over to Telegram, get signed up to it. 
you can subscribe to our channel over there. We do have a public channel. We're mirroring all of our podcasts that we're putting out here every day because we know podcasting censorship is coming. So we are putting all of our content out over there. Plus, we're putting out an exclusive podcast for only Telegram subscribers. So if you're worried about downloading another app to listen to it, you don't have to. It's got an MP3 player built right into it. So not only can you keep in contact with friends, family, and associates, you can also subscribe to news feeds and you can subscribe to us as well. And it's got a built-in player. You don't have to go anywhere else. Something you want to say? Uh, yeah, I, I was looking on Parler just now to to see if they had any way for you to download it. If you're an Android user, you can sideload the app, which just means you're installing an app that's not through the store. And it has a step-by-step instructions on how to download and install it. So if you're interested in it for Android, there you go. As far as for Apple, I think you can still get it on iTunes, maybe? Uh, you, you, cannot, you cannot get it in the App Store. But I did see a trick that somebody... Put up. If you have previously had it installed, but you removed it, you can go to your app history and re-download it. Redownload it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the link there does take you to uh, the Parlor uh, iTunes Store, but I don't know if it actually takes you there because mm-hmm. no, it it's not loading for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But that's good that they have an APK up that you can sideload now. So that's that's fantastic if you're an Android user. But yes, like I said, we are a public channel over on Telegram. Just search for us when you get over there. Search for Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up. Click join and you'll be subscribed to us over there. You'll get all of our content every day. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that we're available everywhere you get your podcast also if you're rating podcasts if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience we would appreciate that as well five stars would be a plus thank you very much all right bruce that'll do it for today thank you for being here thank you to all the listeners everyone have a great evening